monkeys, what is up? Old Uncle Silver back here with you on the Arm Day podcast. Today is Sunday, it's the 25th of March, 2012. We got a little bit of feedback for you, and before we get into that, let's go ahead and get our contact info out of the way. If you'd like to contact the show, you can do so a couple of different ways. I do have the voicemail, which is area code 206 745 2731. 206 745, the word ape, A P E 1. Now, as you guys know, I do use this show or, or voicemail for my other show, which is Firearms Cafe. So when you're calling in for this specific show, just make sure you let me know it's for the armed ape. Uh, if you would like to send in an email and have me read it out for you, I'd be more than happy to do that. Or if you would like to record your own uh, audio file, be it a WAV file, MP3, whatever, go ahead and send it to me. I'll be able to drop that into the show for you. And you can do that at thearmedape at gmail.com. Also, um, I ask every once in a while, if you could go over to iTunes and leave an actual written review, don't just rate it with the star, that's cool if you can do that too, but if you could actually take the time to write like a couple, uh, two-line little review or something, and give us a good rating, uh, that'll help us as a community, I think, and help us get uh, um, maybe a little bit more notice if we could if we could get a bunch of reviews on there. And for those of you guys that have already done that, thanks a lot. I really appreciate that. Uh, Let's see. I think I did my contact info. So why don't we go ahead and let me pull up our emails here that we got. In our first email, we're going to be talking about uh, some of the water stuff that we talked about last, uh, last show which is show 54, and some of the stuff that we're going to talk about I have links to on show number, I guess, this is 54, so it's on show 53. Uh, I have um, links to the Aquatainers, and this is what this guy uh, Cliff in Washington is writing. So Cliff says, hey, I just heard your podcast about the seven-gallon containers. I have two. I also got those at Walmart. I filled them up, and after about six months, they do give the water a bit of a plastic taste. So every six months, I dump them out. And fill them back up with water, I run through a Brita pitcher filter. And this fits perfectly in the hole, by the way. So every six months at max, I would rotate the water. But they are really good for what they are. So thanks a lot, Cliff. I hope to hear from you again soon. Appreciate you writing in. And I have to say I agree with you. Um, that's kind of like my going to be my timetable with these things. You know, one thing that I noticed, though, is that they when I very first opened them, they really did kind of have like a plasticky smell. And what I did is I took a little bit of bleach and I ran uh, in about a gallon of water and I ran that through and really cleaned everything and got everything all done. And then through subsequent just rinsing and rinsing and rinsing to get all that bleach smell out, it really seemed to maybe take out some of that plastic smell and it got rid of the bleach smell that I had kind of put in there. So one of the things that I'd wanted to talk about with those is do you really have the ability to stack them? Because if you go on the manufacturer's website, what they tell you is you can stack them empty. What I've kind of found, and, and once I've, now that I've had these kind of filled up for a while, and I stored them this way for a little bit, is I did stack them. Uh, but water weighs about 8.3 pounds uh, a gallon. So if you're looking at 7 gallons, you're, you know, you're a little bit more than about 56. So let me... Do on the dopey calculator here, and uh, so if we take eight point, if we take uh, eight point three, multiply that by seven, so fifty eight point one. So basically fifty eight 
58 pounds to do the uh, in each little jug. If you what happens is because the the plastic is it's fine for storage and it's fine probably for toting around and camping and it's going to be able to take a little bit of abuse, but it's not that thick thick plastic. Um, they are, of course, you know, BPA free and, and food grade quality. So you can stack one of them on top of each other, but if you were going to try and stack them three high, you know, you're looking at almost 120 pounds that's going to be pressing down on that bottom jug, and it's just going to be too much. And what I would be afraid of is that over time it's going to deform that thing, uh, and what may happen is your your seal for the water may become compromised, or it may split the seam out if it's just too much pressure over there. Um, for me, I still like these, and I'm still going to keep these. I think they're probably the the best water storage and still remain portable. So I get, from, uh, what am I trying to say here? I get like per gallon cost, I think I come out ahead. I think that's that's the best thing for me. And here in a little bit, we'll talk about some other options that I found. Uh, but what I'm thinking about doing, if I do want them kind of stacked up, let's say if I want to put them in a closet, because what you want to do, the thing that really helps grow the bacteria is of course, light and heat. So if you could, the best thing to do would be to maybe shove these or stack them in a closet. But what I may have to make for them is just like a, almost like a little stool type thing, like a little mini bookshelf that would just, or, uh, or a case bookcase, I guess you'd call it, maybe not shelves. I don't know. But anyway, something that maybe stacks up to where I could have two or three of them, and it's basically just like a real miniaturized shelves where I could just shove them in there. Uh, and that way you alleviate, because they're resting on a shelf, you alleviate any of that weight. Um, what I also, well, let me talk about some other ones that I found. So I went on another website, and I actually found some that were made. There's a couple places where I found two different types of containers that were actually designed to be stacked on top of each other and that were designed to be able to hold that weight. One of them is at the Ready Store, and I'll put a link to this in show uh, 54. I'll put a link to it on the website. One of them is, is by the Ready Store, and I don't know that there's a particular name or a manufacturer for it, but if you just type in five-gallon water container and stackable, it'll pop up on their website. And there's also is a video of of stacking them. And with these, they're five gallons. They're about $16.50 each. And you can stack them. They don't recommend really stacking them more than three high. Uh, some of the advantages to these, of course, you're going to be about 16 pounds lighter, 16 and a half pounds lighter in carrying each jug. So they're going to maybe be, maybe be, excuse me, a little bit more portable uh, so that maybe your wife could have an easier time carrying them uh, or, you know, maybe one of your younger kids could kind of schlep it around, but you know, I don't know. The other ones are a little bit heavy, but I can manage them pretty good. I think if my wife had to, she could manage them. Um, you know, even if you just had to kind of take them from the house to get them in the car, I, I, I think she could be able to do it. Um, so anyway, there's these other ones that are the five gallon ones. They're stackable. The thing that I don't like about these is much like the Aquatainers, if you guys kind of checked those out last time, they have your main uh, filler, your main cap, and then they have a vent, a little vent on there uh, to let the air come out. 
and on these ones that are from the ready store their cap and they use this kind of as a selling thing their cap is you know how on a milk jug or uh certain on bottles of water and stuff how they've got like that little ring of plastic so you can tell if somebody's opened into it because as you twist the thing off it breaks away from that bottom ring well they've got a cap that's like that and then also their cap there is a hole for a spigot to go into that main cap but you have to punch it out uh, and i don't know if that's something you can punch out with your thumbs or if you have to use a knife or a screwdriver or or what you need to do to be able to get that out uh, and then it's the same with there where your vent would be that little bung i guess or whatever that is molded into the plastic you actually have to push a hole in there and drill a hole in there somehow too which i didn't care for as much um I, I guess, you know, that would ensure that there would be no leaks out of that end. But it's just sort of one more thing that you sort of have to do. Uh, so I, I didn't really I didn't really care for that. And especially the thing where you have to punch the hole for the spigot, because if you kind of don't get that done right, you're not going to get a good seal. And, I, you know, it's, I don't have these. This is just kind of going off of uh, just what I can see and from watching the video and stuff. Uh, but you could stack them at least three high. So if space was a, if space was a, um, a, a real issue or a concern where you sort of you had a very small space in your closet, but you wanted to be able to stack them, at least you could do it that way. Uh, although in theory you could do it that uh, you could stack the Aquatainer stuff if you just made a little shelf, and it's really not going to take up much, hardly any space at all, uh, extra. So those were the ones that I found. Like I said, I'll put a link to those over at, um, at, at, at the website, and that was for the Ready Store. Now, the other one that I found was a thing called Water Brick. And the best way to describe them is they kind of look like, like a little cinder block, but they're made out of plastic. So they're rectangular-shaped, um, it could, if you, it's hard to describe if you, and I'll, but I'll put a thing where you guys can go see the pictures too. Uh, and the downside to these, of course, is they're, they're only three and a half gallons. So if, if you wanted to say, have enough water stored up in your house for each person, if you have four people to, to that means those four people are going to need a gallon of water a day. And if you wanted it just for a week, you didn't need to have 28 gallons of water. Um, so that would mean of these things, you're looking to buy, what, about 12 or 13 of these things to get that 28, uh, to get around there to where everybody would have it. So again, And these cost a little more. So you're, again, now, so we're, we're even going further down. Uh, now, I actually saw these at, uh, Honeyville Farm store, which is a store that's luckily I'm lucky to have where I can get a lot of the freeze dried stuff and um, a lot of the prepping supplies and things like that. And they, this is where I actually first saw them. And then I came back and kind of checked them out on the web. And I think at their thing, I think they were right about the same price as those five gallon stackables. They were like, I can't remember if they were 16 or $18, but they, again, you're paying more and you're getting you're getting less volume so you're paying more money to store less volume of water now also with the um with a water brick 
I don't know if if it's considered if if it has a um oh what am I thinking of uh, like a, a a spigot if there's a way to do a spigot or if you would just sort of have to open these up and because it's just like a a three and a half gallon it's not that bad and you just pour it out I don't I'm sure you could probably rig up a spigot you could maybe sacrifice one of the one of the um the lids to one of them uh so I'm not sure the the real advantage to something like this is you can stack them pretty dang high you could stack these things probably five or six maybe even seven high uh, and then what you do is you stack them kind of like legos so you've got you know two going north south the next the the next pair you stack up on top of those so two right next those would be facing east west the next two go you know face the north south direction the next you know east west I'm not exactly sure how high you can you can stack them, um, but I think they're. Oh, let me. Okay, here's here's something where they've actually built a uh, like a house. So they've got them. It says that stackable cross stacks and airlocks up to four feet high in closets or the garage to create a bulk storage system. Um, and that maybe be with just with water, but it looks like what they did is they actually built like a small house out of these things. They filled them with dirt, and since you're filling them with dirt, maybe that's maybe that makes it a little different. But even these are about one, two, three, four, five. They've got them stacked like twelve high, so. Uh, but they're they're doing them more like a uh, like a mason wall, like a, that you would use with a uh, uh, like a, those mason bricks, you know, just like a regular wall. So I, you know, that I don't know. Um, but the looks like the thing on there. So I guess you know, almost it's almost maybe the sky's the limit type thing with that stuff. So a, again, it looks pretty neat. You know, I I don't know really how cost efficient <laughs> that would be to pay basically probably 16 to 18 dollars for a brick when you could get a cinder block for a lot less um and you couldn't even say well you could store water in them because you could never get the water out once you made a thing like that i don't know maybe they're just doing it to prove the durability of it um but again i don't know why you would ever do that type of thing um but again, that is something. Now that would be something too, because it only weighs uh, three and a half gallons. You know, you're um, you're still you're looking at about thirty pounds. So that just about everybody's going to be able to kind of lug around. Uh, so those would be a lot more portable for you. Um, however, though, you know, when we really start to look at Oh, what do I want to I want to think of it as kind of like cost for um, for volume of water. Of course, this is going to be one of the most expensive. Your probably your cheapest way would be to get something like one of those fifty-five gallon drums. But you know, of course, if you're getting something like that or even a thirty-gallon drum, you're really not really going to be able to have any portability to it unless you actually had. You know, maybe a mover's dolly that you could strap it to, and then you could do it that way. 
Uh, but the, like for instance, how much would a let's see how much a 55 gallon drum would of that would be? So 55 times 8.3. So 456 pounds. So you're not going to be lifting that thing up into the back of your truck. However, if you have it for your home storage, and uh, you know not everybody I realize, of course, lives in Arizona. Uh, but, you know, if you had stuff where you were collecting rainwater and you were going to use that, uh, that you were going to treat later or something like that, those 55-gallon drums are going to be, you know, really good. Um, I suppose you could probably get maybe a 15-gallon one or something like that, but even those are going to be heavy and awkward to move around. Uh, but if we look at maybe cost-wise to get... For, for the storage, one of those 55-gallon drums, you could probably get, there's probably some container places around where you're at. Like where I got mine, I got mine for 40 But let's say even if you got yours for $50, in order to be able to get a, that same amount of storage, you would have to buy probably about 16 of those bricks, of those water bricks. And that's going to cost you at least about $260. Or if you went with the Aquatainers, you would have to you'd have to buy to get that 55 gallons worth of storage. You'd need to buy about eight of them, and those eight would cost you about a hundred bucks. Uh, so you know, for for long term storage for stuff that's just going to be at your house and you're not going to move that stuff, you know, it's pretty much that's there for the house for when you're bugging in. It's not for when you're going out. So for that same hundred dollar investment you could actually have at your house 110 gallons of water stored up. And depending on how much people you got, that could last you quite a long time. Uh, obviously, like I said, they're not going to be portable. Um, the thing that's nice about the Aquatainers is you, for each person, since they're 7-gallon, which I like a lot, since they're 7-gallon, it's a week's worth of water. So if you had four people in your family... You buy four of those things and you've got a week's worth of water that's going to be portable. And that, and plus, too, all these things, all these smaller things are super easy to dump that water out, clean them, and refill them real quick. Um, I think, you know, and they do say stuff that, you know, you could put other things in there like, um, you know, dry goods, beans and rice, and maybe, you know, the, the un, unprocessed wheat and things like that. Or you could even stick, you know, ammunition or... Uh, things like that. Um, the little bricks are, of course, smaller and thinner, so you may be able to shove the, more of those under the bed type thing. But having said that, I think there's probably better storage things out there than using like the aquatainers or the, the water, things that are designed for water to try and store other dry goods. Um, so anyway, that's kind of my... Uh, my little talk about the water stuff. But if any of you guys have any experience with the water bricks or uh, some of this other five, like those five gallons um, containers from uh, the ready store, let me know, let me know how they kind of do long-term or if anybody has had maybe those aquatainers for four or five years, let me know and let us know how those things are holding up. Uh, so, all right, let's see there. You know, there was another thing um, I had talked about that Honeyville farms, place and you can go look them up at uh honeyville farms all one word 
H-O-N-E-Y-V-I-L-L-E farms.net. So all one word, honeyvillefarms.net. And then you can get in and kind of see what kind of stuff that they have. It, they, they do have a thing about water storage as it rotates through and some other containers. But most of the stuff you're actually going to be able to look at and get prices on uh, are going to be some of their food. Most of the things they tell you to just give them a call. Now, as you guys know, I live in Arizona in the Phoenix area, and they do have uh, a store that I can actually go to, which is really nice to be able to go to the physical store. Um, But anyway, one thing that's really neat, if you guys are out in Chandler area where their store is, um, they do classes, and you can see, uh, in fact, they're having one coming up this Saturday, which is a home canning talking about you know, learning how to can. I don't know if I'll be able to make it, but it's at 10 a.m. Um, they've got stuff where they're talking about, they and they have classes you know, pretty much all the time, and, and they're usually free uh, because it's usually just somebody coming and demonstrating some of the products that are at the store. Uh, they have one about summer garden survival, um, especially with how hot it is so this is a thing about you know how did how you can grow stuff maybe out here who's been uh, doing stuff and can kind of maybe have some things that can survive some of the heat um, there's a class that I had had went to uh, about the sun ovens which are the solar ovens which are really neat um, they're having another one of those they're having things about uh, 52 method meals in a jar so talking about once like you had basically it's just when you're cooking with uh, a lot of the dehydrated or freeze-dried stuff, you know, how to do stuff with milk, how to do, you know, mix some of the grains and things. And they've got these classes that are going on all the time. And like I said, they're, I've, they're usually free. All the classes are generally free. And a lot of times they have the products there that they're doing stuff with. So it's really nice to be able to go there. So if you're lucky enough to live uh, near one of those, um, one of those places, They've got, I think, two in Utah. Uh, they're, I think they were based originally out of Salt Lake. And they've got the one store in Arizona. And then they think they've got one other actual physical store. And I want to say it's somewhere in California, but I'm not exactly sure where. Uh, but again, go online, check them out. Um, the people that they're there are real friendly. What I may try and do is see if I can't get a manager and do a little bit of a, uh, maybe an interview for, uh, for some shows in the future. All right, well, that's enough of me uh, rambling on there about that stuff. Let's get back on track here. So we have another bit of feedback from Nick, and Nick writes in, What up, Uncle Silverback? And then he gives me some very nice compliments, says I'm giving me some giving me some kudos and said I'm doing a good job. So I really appreciate that, Nick. Uh, now, he writes in with some advice about a couple shows ago, we had the guy that uh, had called in about uh, some advice for backpacks. And Nick writes, here's some advice for the dude looking for info on a backpack. A backpack is a very personal item, meaning everyone likes something different in their packs. If it was me, I would spend some time thinking about the purpose of the backpack and a price range. Then do some research. Check out places like REI or professional outdoor shops for advice. REI.com has free videos and articles about all kinds of equipment, and they give good, honest advice. If it was me... The weight of the pack should be one of the many considerations involved, but that's me. I have a couple of Osprey packs and luggage myself, but there are many good backpack companies out there. 
And he says, take it easy, my fellow armed ape citizens. And that is from Nick. So, uh, you know, it, it is one of those things where really they, they are kind of a personal thing. It's almost like a, getting a pair of boots where at first you would think, well, you know, a pack's a pack and what's that big deal? But really, if you're looking for a, a specific purpose, so if you're looking for something, let's say, that's going to be a three-day bag to where if you actually had to leave your home and hopefully you'll still be able to be in a car, but if not, if you had to start walking or if you're only able to go so far in your car, and then you've got to get out and start walking or, or hoofing it. Um, you're going to want a different type of a bag than if you are are planning on saying, well, all I really need this bag is to be able to get me from point A to, to point B to, to my other place where I've got a bunch of the other stuff already stocked up. Um, or if you just wanted, you know, I, I want a small bag that gives me stuff to where no matter where I'm at, they're going to be useful. So I'd want things like a way to make a fire. So I'd want lighter, surefire. Um, oh, what's the name? There's a thing called in, uh, Inferno or something like that. If I can find the link, I'll put it up. Uh, but it's basically like a fire starting thing. Or if you wanted to make your own kind of deal where you just take Vaseline and cotton balls and then put them in an old um, like medicine medicine bottle and you can stuff down those in there, then you've got, you know, you've got that pretty much surefire again with a lighter. You can take pieces of inner tube, a bicycle tire inner tube, the rubber, and you can put that around uh, you know, a lighter or something like that, and that's gonna do it. Now with that, lighters aren't foolproof. You can get uh, ferro rods, things like that. And the reason I kind of harp on fire so much is if you have the ability to make fire, the world becomes your oyster. You can use that fire to keep yourself warm. You can use that fire to signal. You can use that fire to purify water if you've got a, a good container. Um, and this kind of is a little bit of my thoughts of what you need to have just in the basics. Again, you want to have something for fire. You want to have something, uh, and I would say like a metal, maybe a stainless steel container, something like a Guyot Designs bottle, something like a clean canteen. Uh, so even if you had something like the uh, U.S. Army canteen cup, that's stainless steel, you can use that. Uh, you There are some, um, sometimes, and like I've got some old World War II military canteens that I've sanitized and sterilized and they're good to drink out of. I've done, I've, you know, there's no funky stuff in there. And one of them I've had since I was probably, I don't know, maybe 10 years old. I mean, we probably even had it before that. Um, but, and that was stamped from 1945. And the only thing I've done to it is I've, re I replaced the cork that goes in the cap. So, um, but they're the, and what's nice about those canteens is they're stainless steel. You can take and actually remove that cap all the way off. It's got a little chain that keeps it onto the canteen, but you can remove that. And then if you had to, you can boil in that canteen. You can boil your water or you could even, uh, you know, if you were putting in some powdered soup or tea, you could put it in there, mix it up in there, boil it right in there without even having to have the cup. But if you've got something like that cup, in a canteen or a little cook set like that, and you've got a way to make fire, that's going to go a long way. And especially if, if you wanted to, you know, if you were worried about, well, I, you know, well, people think I'm kind of a wacko if I've got one of these 
army-looking canteens. If you've got something like a clean canteen or a Guyot Design bottle, uh, I recently got that 38-ounce bottle. I love that thing. Um, and I've got an old uh, stainless steel, I think it's a GSI cup, and it that Guyot Design bottle nests right in there. And also most Nalgene bottles. So if let's say if you had even just the plastic stuff, um, that GSI cup fits right into the bottom, and they really don't they really don't weigh anything. Um, the only time they're going to weigh anything, and whether you've got something like a titanium canteen, if you're putting water in it, that's what's going to be the, the main weight from it. But anyway, kind of getting back to the backpacks. If you're looking for something that's maybe a little bit smaller, we had talked about that Camelback Mule, which I really liked. And uh, I like having a backpack that where you have the ability to put in some type of a water bladder. So you've got some type of hydration that you can actually have in the pack I really like the Camelback stuff. Um, I, I think that is just a, a, a really good system. Uh, now, of course, there are some drawbacks to it. And even with the Camelback, you would still need to have something like a uh, a metal cup or like that guy at design or a clean canteen, something like that, to where if you were going to purify and boil your water and then strain it and then dump it down into your back into your Camelback, into that bladder... You, you've got to have some way to get it, that water purified before it goes in there. Uh, and again, I am very water-centric in my thinking because out here in Arizona, if you break down at a certain place or you're out somewhere camping, the only a lot of times the only water you're going to have is what you bring with you. And that doesn't mean that maybe that there's some underground stream, but that thing may be 10 feet below ground. Or it may be, you may be out there at the wrong time of year, and so... There might be water in there at a certain time of year, but when you're out there, it's just not there. And you're not going to be able to dig down deep enough to get it. Uh, so anyway, let's get back to the backpacks. Like I said, I like that Camelback Mule. Um, I think I talked before about that uh, Spec Ops brand, which was it was called The Pack, I think. Um, and if you wanted something that wasn't, let's say, a, like a military design or style thing, Swiss Gear makes some really neat ones. Uh, and you can usually find some of those things on um, on eBay for pretty cheap. Uh, and another thing that I have have gotten, I think I talked about it maybe in the last couple of, in the last couple of shows, is I got the uh, for a good price. I was able to get a medium Alice pack with a frame and a large Alice pack with a frame. And my thinking behind that was that my wife would carry the medium one. I would carry the large one and then my daughter could actually take and use our camelback mule, which I've had her practice with. And so her tiny little body, that's a, that's a good thing. And it's got, um, water systems in there, you know, where I, when I've got everything set up where everything can do water. Uh, I like the Alice packs quite a bit. I used to be a fan of the packs where they have, you know, mini compartments sort of all built in and everything. I'm getting to where not so much for me. I would rather just have one big interior space. If you like if you look at the the medium Alice pack, it's gonna be pretty much the same for the for the large one. The medium Alice pack kinda has two compartments in it. And then it's got three pouches sewn into the outside. It's also got things on there where you can Using those old clips, you can clip other pouches or equipment and things on there. There's also tons of adapters that they have out now 
where you can even take like the Molly stuff and you can attach it to them and all that kind of jazz. So um, I haven't had them out sort of in the field testing them. I've loaded them up here in the house and worn around and they're not that bad. Of course, the big test is, you know, if you go out for a weekend with them, how do they actually do? Uh, but I like the way the the um, the packs are and I like the way the frames do. I may end up having to modify some stuff and if I do, I'll let you guys know. But like I said, I'm getting to be a bigger fan of maybe just having a couple of just empty big compartments. And then that way what you can do is you can take whatever stuff you want. And if you're even doing different pouches or you're doing different like stuff sacks uh, or compression stacks or whatever. And then you can put your junk in there the way you want it and label it and have everything the way you want. So hopefully, you know, that helps some. Uh, but I wanted to say thanks again, Nick, for sending that in. And uh, that's all my ramblings about the uh, about the backpack stuff. Now I got a uh, another email. I got this from Tom over in Virginia, and he was writing in about a couple of things. Um, I'll start here. It says, "Hey Tony, I was looking at YouTube recently and viewed your channel. I very much enjoyed the videos of your daughter. She's a lovely young lady, and I'm sure you're proud." Well, yes, I am. It reminds me of my daughters when they were younger. Personally, however, it makes me nervous. My daughter and son-in-law have a lot of stuff on Facebook about our grandsons, too. I think the internet is a pedophile's best friend. Anyway, it's just how I feel about it. You know, let's talk about it. I For a long time, I, I was very hesitant about putting anything up uh, online about my, my daughter or anything like that. But anymore, the um, there's so much stuff that's out there already, and there, and she's been like in other people's <laughs> pictures and and things like that on things like Facebook and and on YouTube and things like that. Um, the main thing I think that you're okay as long as you don't really give lots of information and clues of where you are. So you don't obviously you don't put your address. You don't. Uh, you know, say where they go to school, you you really limit the amount of information about yourself that's out there. So if you go to my Facebook page, excuse me while I take a drink, my throat's going crazy. If you go to my Facebook page, it's, all the personal information is all bullshit. Uh, and, and the reality is, if somebody is really super savvy, they can find you. Um, there's not a lot you can do, but I do agree you probably need to limit the amount of actual personal stuff like where you work, uh, you know, that really doesn't need to be out there too much. You know, you can say, because that, that can be clues if somebody were to come looking for you. Now, having said that, you can't, and I'm not, I'm not saying that people are afraid but you can't necessarily be afraid to put a few things out there because your your family members can enjoy and you look you can do stuff on facebook where you can make it to where only your friends do it and then you can have uh you can have more than i think than one account and you can do stuff where you can have it to where it's only maybe five people are ever going to be able to do that stuff and i think you can set it up unless i'm wrong i think you can set it up where you control who can see it so that even so let's say that if you're you have a family site 
if your cousin has tons and tons of friends and stuff on there because I don't think they can then go through her to see your stuff. Now, I don't I don't know. Maybe they could, maybe they can't. And if that's the case, and if you're really wiggy about it, just don't put that shit up there. Uh, delete Facebook. You don't need it. You, can delete, you know, it's the same like with Twitter. Like, I've got the Facebook and I've got the Twitter. I don't really use them that much. What's neat about Twitter and some of the Facebook stuff is you can actually, you can use it to get some good information about things that are going on, about when the government is overstepping their bounds, about what, what certain laws are happening, what stuff is going through the legislature. Um, you can keep tabs on um, politicians that you like and politicians that you don't like because you can, uh, you know, when, when, when these guys are saying, you know, hey, we're going to try and get this gun control or we're going to try and, you know, uh, make sure that nobody can grow uh, or, th- or that, uh, uh, nobody, you know, nobody can uh, buy raw milk if they want to do it, or that nobody can, uh, we're doing a thing that's going to strengthen Monsanto's position and stuff like that. Um, you know, some of those things, it's good for that. You know, it's, it's real good to kind of, to be able to keep in touch with people who are of a similar mind, mindset, and who would be willing to you know, write their congressmen and senators and people like that and say, hey, don't do this, here's our displeasure and all this other stuff. Whether that does any good, I don't know. I'm, it seems, on one hand, it seems like that it doesn't really work too much to complain to them. But on another hand, it seems like when when a big majority of us really get to band together and say, hey, you know, that's enough, or we don't want this. It scares them shitless. I mean, just think about how they pooped their pants with Occupy Wall Street. Think about when the Tea Party first came out, how they shit all over themselves. Think about, and I, here's here's something really to think about. When Obama was elected, think about how many people bought guns and ammo and magazines and all sorts of stuff. Let me tell you, and I've I've talked more about this on my other podcast which is Firearms Cafe. But let me tell you, that got those people, especially the anti-gun people, that got those people quaking with fear because they really saw, they saw, look, people are willing to spend their money, their hard-earned money in this shitty economy. They're going out and they're buying very expensive things. They're buying guns and ammo and they're buying them, they're buying them up like crazy. Um, so in some instances, I think that if if we're if we're banded together and if there's enough of us, I think it does send a message. But if you know if if they're doing something we don't like and only 500 people write in, they're just like, yeah, hell with this. Especially on the national level, especially upon the federal level. On your local level, that's a that's a whole nother ball of wax. And if you can get five or six hundred people, or even something like three or four thousand people write in to a local guy, boy, that that. I tell you that sends a message because to them those 500 or those 3 or 4000 especially those 3 or 4000 people that represents whether they win or lose an election and they they understand that and they know that and uh, as you guys know these guys are uh, uh they'll bounce around from being a legislator to a mayor to a city council guy you know they go they don't most of these guys don't ever bow out of public life once they're in there uh so anyway um, Tom's got some stuff where he's also writing about uh, firearms, but I think I'm gonna 
save that Tom for uh, next week's show over at Firearms Cafe. I think uh, um, it might fit in with. Little, well, you know what? I'll just do both. I'll also do this. Uh, so Tom also wrote in as far as firearms go, it's been a little slow. The only thing I've done, I wanted to try carrying my 12 gauge with me in the trunk during my commute. I had an extra bag from an old folding lawn chair, you know, the kind that collapsed. The 870 fit pretty well when broken down. I could probably even carry it on my back without getting a second look. To disguise it even further, I could cut the toe off the stock and still have enough recoil pad at the top, but that's rather drastic. I couldn't really figure out how to carry much ammo, though. I'd be open to suggestions from your listeners. Keep up the good work, and I enjoy both your shows. And hopefully I can participate a little more in the future. Well, anything you want to send in, Tom, you go ahead and send that in. We always appreciate it. You know, one thing, uh, I don't know um, if you'd be willing to, to look at something. I don't know really how much it would, if it would really save that much. But they have the, the collapsing stocks that you can get for shotguns. And so I don't know if maybe something like that would work. I don't know. I don't even know if there's anything like a folding stock, like how you have with some of the AKs and even some of the ARs have that. Um, some of the AR-15 types that are that are um, piston instead of or instead of direct impingement. Um, so that might be a way to do something like that. Uh, if you were carrying it on your back, if you had a big enough backpack and you could kind of shove it down in there, and then you had maybe even if you took like an old tennis racket cover, or even just a regular. Uh, you know, maybe something like that that looks like it's actually something else, and you could shove that tennis racket cover down over there. Uh, you know, that may that may be able to disguise it. The big the the thing with the ammo though, it is tough to carry a lot of shotgun ammo. Uh, it's it's so big and bulky and heavy. Uh, but any suggestions anybody has out there, we'd love to hear from it. It's time to whip out my pimp cane and beat some knowledge into your heads. So listen up, motherfuckers. All right, so let's do our recommendations now. As always, and I forgot to do this the last couple of times, but go over and listen to my boy Ken's podcast, uh, which is Rimfire Podcast. If you like B-movies, if you like uh, exploitation movies, things like that, a good uh, site to go over and look at is the B-movie cast with Vince, Nick, and Mary. Um, Let's see, what's some other... I also have been listening to... um, Liberty or Zombie podcast, which I like a lot. Um, they are very adult in language and in content and how they do stuff, but they give a lot of good information and they keep to keep abreast of of uh, a lot of kind of the nonsense that's be, trying to be pushed through by by the government. So give those guys a listen. Um, let's see what else what other podcasts have i been listening to um i've been listening to the joe rogan podcast which i like but he, you know he doesn't need my recommendation he's got like about five hundred thousand listeners i think um but i like his show i like the fact that he has an open mind and he questions things and and is curious about stuff um and i think he's honest and he's sincere with things uh, let's see who else have i been listening to Um, up, 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 up. um, there's the Mises Institute, uh, which has a lot of good information on there. It's a lot of stuff about economics. The reason that a lot of times economics is important is because if you can understand economics, basically if, you know, when they're trying to catch a criminal or they're trying to, you know, track down somebody, the thing they say is look at the money, look, you know, look where, follow the money 
and you'll figure out what's, what the real motives are. Um, so it gives you a good understanding of, um, of economics and what's really going on, you know, when they say, oh, well, did, you know, did Chrysler really pay back their loan? Did GM really pay back their loan? Or was it all a bunch of financial sleight of hand and, and uh, things like that? Um, let's see. What else is another good one I've been listening to? Uh, Lou Rockwell, I like his stuff. He has got a lot of good articles. Um, and you know what? That's going to kind of maybe do it for now. Uh, as far as books that I've been reading, um, I've been reading The Stand, which is not the Stephen King thing, but which is the, uh, I'm in the second book on the trilogy of uh, Guillermo del Toro and Chuck Hogan, and it's a, kind of their vampire novel. Um, Oh, as far as some music has gone, I've been getting a big kick out of, and they've been around for a long time. I've kind of rediscovered them a little bit, I guess, for a while. Uh, I'd kind of gone away from them for a while, but the band Ween, W-E-E-N, uh, has a lot of funny songs and good songs. Uh, and they've got a ton of stuff, so. Uh, all right, well, I tell you what, monkeys, I am, I think, done for the day, and I will talk to you next time. This guy's got a monkey scrotum and he's bragging about it. Houdini!